On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we'll be discussing the Florida Panthers' 6-2 loss against the Calgary Flames in Alberta. We're going to discuss what went wrong. And for the Panthers, this was over from the start. On this Winans Wednesday edition, Jacob and I, we, we might have a lot to say, so tune in. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Wednesday, November 30th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. And don't forget to also screenshot your subscription to the Locked On Florida Panthers. YouTube page and your five star rating on on whichever podcast app you listen to Locked On Panthers and send it to me over at at lo underscore fla panthers on Twitter or or you could email it to me at locked on fla panthers at gmail.com for your chance to win two free tickets to the Florida Panthers versus New Jersey Devils game on December twenty first at FLA Live Arena. So, Cats fans, second end of a back-to-back. You would think that the Florida Panthers would have a, a more of a jump to their game because, as we spoke about on Monday, as far as deserving a point in Edmonton, may, maybe the Florida Panthers deserved uh, zero in that one. But definitely in Calgary, deserved all zeros for, for, for this one. There was... Really, nothing great about this game uh, for for the Panthers. The they were giving up so many rushes. The goaltending was just out of position, and especially on the fourth one, a, a very embarrassing goal by Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, and even with the Panthers getting it down to a two goal deficit, uh, you really never saw. I never really saw the Panthers really giving themselves a chance to come out of this one, especially with a majority of their, of the opponent shots on goals being not on five on five. And this will be a good time for me to bring in my guest on the show. Of course, it is a wine and Wednesday edition of the locked on Florida Panthers podcast. And Jacob, it's been a roller coaster of emotions since the last time you were on, because the last time you were on, we were previewing the home game against Boston, but then that win happens two straight collapses, and then this Panthers team just flat out not showing up on Tuesday night against Calgary. Yeah, so I came into uh, the game tonight um, feeling pretty good off of the off of the Team USA World Cup win, like we were just talking about before the before recording. Um, so I was hoping that the good the good feelings would continue, uh, maybe split the season series with Calgary one one and could not have been more disappointed in that one. They came out flat. Um, Sergei Bobrovsky was just, I mean, 
he was honestly horrendous in this game. There's really no, nothing else I can say about it. Um, and trying to think of a word to put it more mildly, but it was it was just a terrible performance uh, in goal, uh, especially that fourth goal. I, I feel like that one broke the team's back. Uh, they were pushing. They were starting to make a little bit of a comeback. Um, it felt like the offense was starting to get there. There were some good shifts going. Uh, you've got a, You've got a chance to get back in it. And then just an inexcusable, probably the worst goal he's given up all season, possibly one of the worst he's given up as a Panther. Um, that that one, you just, I mean, you'd like to have that back, but you, you can't let that one in. Sam Reinhardt scores right afterwards, um, which honestly, if, if that goal doesn't go in, the, the bad one that he gives up to Brett Ritchie, if that one doesn't go in, it's a 3-2 game off of that Reinhardt goal with a whole period plus to, to get back in it. I feel like it's a totally different game if that doesn't happen, but um, can't can't only blame goaltending because it, it has been the last two games where the defense has just been in shambles. Uh, Spencer Knight was just absolutely under duress the entire game against Edmonton. Uh, we were very lucky to even get a point. We were four seconds away from getting two, um, and that that win, if we had gotten that win, would have purely been off of Spencer Knight's back. The one point we got was completely uh, a credit to Spencer Knight, and the game before that, I mean, the third period collapse, overtime, two games in a row just get absolutely blitzed in overtime and look like they had no idea what was happening. It's just uh, the last three games coming off that win against Boston. Uh, I tweeted about it and we talked about it. That win against Boston, you're hoping, you know, beat the best team in the league. That's a, a big win heading into the road trip. You can build off of it. Uh, it it's the type of culture setting win you need for your season. But if anything, it, it's uh, been the complete opposite since that win. There's there's been nothing positive to take from from anything we've seen since that game. So it's it's unfortunate. And tonight was probably the the tip of the iceberg. It, it was bad all around. There there were no positives in this game at all. None absolutely none absolutely. And uh, I mean when when you when you think about all six of the goals, let's just break down period by period. I mean three oh five in the in the in the first period. Uh, and turnover and and Andrew Mandrapati just gets right by by Aaron Ekblad, uh, and and then a, a rush to Devin Dubé, and then uh, on on the two on one to beat uh, Sergey Bobrovsky, and then of course uh, Radko Gudis, uh, not his best game. I mean, such a great start to the season for Radko Gudis, but then you see all the silly penalty s- silly penalties that he uh, took t- today. Uh, puck over glass. And I think his second penalty was really the biggest backbreaker of, of for for the Panthers. It, it, it's because I the that's when you were holding the Calgary Flames to really one shot on goal through the first seven minutes of the second period. The Florida Panthers got their first goal around that time, and then just that penalty by Radko Gudis uh, at the second one was just a backbreaker. And then with uh, with uh, that second one and the, and the second goal, but. You could argue that maybe Mangiapane was uh, didn't allow Sergei Bobrovsky to get right back up, but I still think that there was still time to for Bob to get a little set, and it wasn't that. I I think it was a little bit of a love tap by Mangiapane, and then of course Matthew Kachuk. Last time these two faced in South Florida, he got a goal against the Flames, and then this time it was uh, Jonathan Huberto on that uh, second one. So. Each uh each is a little even when it comes to getting on the score sheet. Yeah, um, I thought that was interesting. I, towards the end of the game, I heard the 
Uh, Calgary's crowd is not exactly the most rowdy in the league, um, but you could clearly hear on the broadcast the uh, Hoobies better chance raining down from the, their stands. And uh, you can't argue with it, honestly. Uh, nothing against Kachuk because he's definitely, hands down, been the Panthers' best player all season. At times, he's carried the whole team. Um, but I, I can understand uh, Calgary's um, feelings towards Kachuk and the situation. And, and they do have bragging rights now because they've beaten us uh, both times this year. They're 2-0-0 against the Panthers, and that won't change until next season at least because uh, we, we don't play Calgary again this year. So it's unfortunate uh, that Calgary got the best of the Panthers twice this year, um, both within just a couple of weeks apart. Um, and this the, the first one uh, could have gone either way. Uh, just a really kind of abysmal shootout performance from the Panthers in that one. Uh, but, but tonight's game, it was, it was never in question. I mean, they, they came out, controlled the game from, from puck drop. Give, we gave up a shorthanded goal. We got scored on on the power play, got scored on multiple times with even strength. I mean, they, you, you get beat in all three phases like that. There's, you really you have no chance. And, and Calgary really took it to us tonight. Um, that's, that's been the case the past few games. It's just been defensive breakdown after defensive breakdown. The offense isn't putting it together. Um, the power play is coming alive at times, but it seems like we're still missing on the power plays where we need a goal. Uh, we're, we're not getting the timely ones. And another big issue with that is losing the faceoff immediately to start the power play, wasting 30 seconds to get set up. And then uh, by the time they get set up, get their first shot on goal, half of it's gone. You're rolling the second unit out there. I mean, it's just, it's just breakdown after breakdown. There's, there's really nothing positive to take uh, from the last couple of games. Um, and the schedule, like you said, pre-recording, it's not getting any easier. Um, Seattle is a team that, you know, they're an expansion team. Everyone kind of looks at them as, as a, a, an easy win sometimes just because they're such a new franchise and they struggled last year, but that's a good team this season. Um, Winnipeg is a team we have on this trip. They just beat Colorado five, nothing tonight. And, and Vancouver, while they have struggled to start the year, they've uh, played a little bit more even hockey lately. And that's a team with a lot of talent um, and, and we're vulnerable right now. So they could see that as an opportunity to jump on a team that's not playing well. And again, we don't know when Barkov is going to be back. His, his uh, illness, uh, very few details on it. It's, it's been kind of, kind of a mysterious situation given that he was sick, uh, came back, played, looked 100%, put up three points against Boston and then is sick again. I mean, just on a personal level, I, I hope I hope whatever his illness is is not um, anything anything super dangerous or, or detrimental to his health. I hope his health is is okay. Um, but it's it's an unfortunate time for for the captain to be out because the team is reeling and and the captain's not on the ice right now playing and and we have to hope he gets back soon. Yeah, and we'll continue the conversation on the on the captain. We'll continue actually the conversation on the faceoff because um, th- those are definitely uh, very uh, eyeing stats based on where where the Panthers are uh, th- this season. So uh, we're going to transition over to segment number two. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online, and BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football, basketball, soccer, and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, Jacob, uh, on on 
some of the power plays that the Florida Panthers were having, losing the faceoffs, we spoke about losing 30 seconds, at least on, 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 on the draw. I mean, the final numbers had the Calgary Flames 62.7 to Panthers 37.3 on, in, in the dot on, on Tuesday night. And, and this is where, and even with the shot advantage being where, where it was for the, the discrepancy, the discrepancy between the Panthers and the flames. I mean, if you look at all six of the goals, none of them were the Calgary flames working them around, working the puck around. I mean, the third goal, it was, a uh, it was the, uh, the Calgary flames creating it on the four check. And then, uh, and then, a double deflection. Bob saves it first, but then unable to get reset, and and Anderson get gets it in. And uh, we spoke about how embarrassing that fourth goal was for the for Sergey Bobrovsky on Brett Ritchie. And then the the last two. I mean, cool. He he makes a save on uh Johnson Huberto um toward, towards the end of the game, and and then uh, Tyler Toffoli is there to finish. And of course the the. I wasn't even, honestly after the sixth goal where it was two on zero, uh, where where Manjapani uh, scores, uh, I I wasn't even at that point I wasn't even phased by it. The game was over. It's like well that was the story of the day. That was the story of the night. Odd man rushes, and it's funny because the Florida Panthers had zero in period one, and they had four in period two. The, like the sense of urgency, we really started to see it in the second period. We saw a lot of physicality from, of course, Radko Gudis, as always. Patrick Hornquist and even Jonathan Huberto went to the box for cross-checking each other. Uh, crazy to see two ex-teammates uh, for the last few years, and then no love lost when they uh, when they go on the ice as opponents now. But just when you when you look at when you look at all all those goals, they're they're. It, it isn't really anything like really of like a set play for for Calgary, and it's just like shoot, sh- just straight up the Florida Panthers just shooting them in the themselves in the foot. Yeah, and that that's that points to a couple of things because it's not the Panthers aren't losing for a lack of talent. They're not losing for for a lack of of anything uh, personnel wise that other teams have that the Panthers don't. We're not getting beat by guys who are who are in another class of skill or talent than, than what the Panthers have. The Panthers have a talented roster. We make no mistake about that. They have, they have a very talented roster that can compete with the top half of the league. Uh, the, the, the top tier of, of contenders. We've seen, we've seen them put it together a couple of times. We've seen them uh, take a game to Boston. We've seen them hang right with Tampa until the very end with an unlucky penalty call. Uh, we've seen them win some really, really big games against some really good teams this season. And it just seems like, it's when they lose it's not it's not so much being outclassed it's just making making so many mental mistakes the, the costly penalties at horrible times the blown defensive coverage is losing faceoffs which are fundamental they have to at least break even in the faceoff circle uh we've got a guy in eric stall for example who was we kept him over rudolph balsers simply because of his faceoff his faceoff talent and we're getting caved in in a game 65 to 35. I mean, these are decisions that if you make these decisions, they have to pay off, and they're not right now in the faceoff. is losing key draws. Anton Lundell has been brutal in the faceoff circle at times. He's supposed to take a big step forward. 
at the end of the day, the, these are the guys that are going to be playing this season. There's no big solution walking through that, walking through the door. These are the guys that are going to have to work it out. They're going to have to win those draws. They're going to have to clean up the mental errors. And if they don't, they're, they're, they're going to, they're going to be on the outside looking in when it comes to, when it comes to playoff time, because uh, the way they're trending right now, it, it's all trending in the wrong direction. Uh, and, and there's no, there's no big trade deadline addition coming to bail them out of it. It is, this is what we have. This is what we're going to have. This is what we're going to have. Um, the, 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 the solutions have to come internally. They have to come from within. And, and right now I'm not seeing a ton of signs of it. Uh, we're now, uh, 0 4 this year, uh, with, with Barkov out of the lineup. Uh, I want to say two of those were OT losses, 0 2 and 2, but either way, zero wins with Barkov out of the lineup. You can't you can't only depend on your captain. This is a game where where Barkov's playing twenty plus minutes a night. He's gonna get dinged up. He's gonna be at less than a hundred percent some nights. He's gonna not play some nights. That's just the nature of the sport. If you can't win without him, then then you're gonna be in some trouble. Especially given the fact that Barkov is not a guy who usually plays eighty two games. Um, not a knock on him, but he's he puts himself in every every situation on the ice where sometimes he, he picks up some of those injuries because he eats up huge minutes for a forward so it's i mean there's there's just not a lot there's not a lot of lights at the end of the tunnel right now with what i'm seeing uh in in the style of play and and again another thing you mentioned was the odd man rushes in this game the the panthers honestly were pretty comparable to what calgary had in odd man rushes but the panthers didn't even get shots on theirs i mean i saw eric stahl and alexi help the emmy two on one the puck never even gets near the net i uh, saw sam reinhardt and anton lindell have a great opportunity puck doesn't even get to the net um I, we saw at least i saw at least three or four two on ones uh three on twos uh maybe even we even had a two on oh with nick cousins and i want to say it was sam reinhardt either reinhardt or colin white had a two on oh don't even get a shot on goal so if you're gonna if you want to compete in these games especially with barkov on the shelf for for a few days those are the ones you have to bury if you have a two on one a two on oh, three on two, that puck has to get to the net and not getting shots, not even getting shots on goal on those. You're not even giving yourself a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, and the official record for the Florida Panthers without Alexander Barkov, because he did miss the Carolina game that they did get a win, uh, but that was non related to the COVID illness. So one, two and two is the official record for the Panthers and the ballet sports uh, broadcast even showed the goals for and goals against per game with or without Barkov since the start of 21-22. But even even throughout the last few games, you've had chances. Uh, of course, on Tuesday, th- this was lost from the start. There's no there's no signs of the Panthers coming back. But even previously, you, you had chances to cut. You had leads. You had chances to get uh, get there. Yeah, Barkov is going to bring you a little bit, a lot, actually, back when he does come back. He's going to put less pressure on someone like Sam Bennett in, in the dot, too. Of course, Barkov, uh, a 55% plus from the dot, but it can't, it just can't be, it just can't be him alone doing it. And even at times, uh, Alexander Barkov has uh, disappears, too. So it's, it's not, it's not like him coming back is going to solve every single problem for the Panthers. Yeah, it, it can't, it can't just be Barkov. I mean, uh, he's at the end of the day, he's your best player by far, but 
even your best player can only play 20 to 25 minutes of a 60 minute game. So that no matter how you slice it, the majority of the game is played without Barkov on the ice. And if, if these guys, if the, the group we have right now is, is not responding well, they're not, they're not performing well with Barkov off the ice, whether that's for 40 minutes or whether that's the entire 60, you're going to be in trouble. He can't be a one man team. He's not, he, hockey is a sport where you can't have, a LeBron who just carries you through the season. I mean, everyone has to, everyone has to pull their weight. Everyone has to eat up minutes. Everyone has to contribute in those, in those minutes. And right now, if, if they're looking this lost without Barkov, him coming back, it helps, but it doesn't solve everything, especially defensively. He adds so much defensively as a forward, but he's not playing on that decor. Uh, Barkov coming back is not going to all of a sudden stop Aaron Ekblad from getting walked when he's the top defenseman on the team. It's not going to suddenly make Mark Stahl's breakout passes find their target. He's not going to he's not going to stop Radko Gudis from taking terrible penalties uh, at, inopp- at inopportune times. These are the the things that have to get cleaned up, and that goes beyond Barkov being in or out of the lineup. These are these are guys who individually are not doing their job uh, to the best of their abilities, and what we've seen them do. Uh, it's not like they don't have it in them. We've seen them do it. It's just for whatever reason. It's, it's it's not clicking this year, and and Barkov is not is not the one man answer. And obviously, in a few weeks, we're anticipating getting Anthony Duclair back in some some way. I'm not sure how, <laughs> depending on the cap situation and uh, the reports about Hornquist, um, which that's another topic. But um, I mean, the Duclair Barkov, they're they're going to help, but it's not going to fix everything. It's just not. Yeah, and uh, and go, going back to the decor and Aaron Ekblad, uh, it, it's very concerning the the play of Aaron Ekblad. I mean, he he was a uh, minus three uh, yesterday against the Edmonton Oilers, and then uh, tonight a, a, a minus two. And multiple times is is he just losing the puck or losing his man, allowing a rush? And um, there's only so much mobility a player can have when they suffer so many lower body injuries i mean this is three in the last three seasons for ekblad now and just uh i mean he's he won't be up for a new contract for a while and it's weird that i'm even thinking about this but it's just do you how much do you entertain when that contract is up of bringing him, bring him him back or or for how much term or how much of, of a cabinet because for a while, I mean, even even now, his, I, there's still some value in his contract at 7.5 when he first signed his extension in 2016. But man, those injuries are the the injuries and the and then sometimes him getting walked, like you mentioned earlier, is just uh, it, it it it's now starting to catch up to him. Yeah, the injury history is a major concern, especially when it's all centralized to that to the lower body. Uh, and we remember earlier in his career, he had major concussion issues, um, had had several concussions within a, a couple of seasons span, uh, which thankfully and, and knock on wood, that, that's not that's no longer the problem. It, it's, it's a series of lower body injuries. But um, at, at his relatively young age, um, he does have a lot of mileage on him for, for a, a defenseman of his age, just given that he, he broke in at 18 years old. Um, but but. With that said, the the injuries are piling up, and it is something to watch now because it, I don't we we can't be sure if it's just him having a new D partner, a new system, whatever the case may be. But 
something doesn't look right with Aaron Ekblad. What we've seen from him in the last two plus years where he's been a, a top 10 defenseman in the NHL, he doesn't exactly look close to that right now. Um, now, maybe it's, it's, it's a matter of getting back in the groove because, of course, he hasn't played nearly as many games as anyone else on the roster uh, this season. Um, so he may still be finding his rhythm, but it's it's got to happen now because he is the unquestioned number one defenseman on this team. Um, Brandon Montour is is kind of saddled right now with Mark Stahl as a partner, so you can't expect Montour to keep doing what he had been doing. You definitely can't entertain putting Ekblad with Stahl because that's your probably arguably your two least mobile defensemen um, on a pair together. Um, Mark Stahl. Uh, and there's no disrespect to Mark Stahl personally because he's had a tremendous career and, and the issues we're seeing with him are mostly just because he's played so long uh, and, and he shouldn't be asked to have the role he has right now. But the, the guy currently has like, uh, he's got the mobility of a school bus. I mean, he he, he has a hard time getting around and, and, and getting on his edges and stuff. And it's, it's just comes with the territory of playing over a thousand games and, and really difficult uh, role that he's played in his career. So you can't put him with Ekblad. It's two guys who aren't very mobile. So it's Ekblad's got to figure this out on the top pair with Forsling. It, it, it has, it has to work out somehow. And, and I don't know if it's injury related, if it's uh, just getting acclimated to the new system, getting his legs back under him, but, but something, it, it just doesn't look right. It, the turnovers, the, the, the slow, the slow footed uh, recoveries, the getting walked. I mean, tonight he got, got beat one-on-one by Nikita Zadorov. I mean, that's, that's a big concern. Zadorov is, what, 6'6", six, six, well over 200 pounds, one of the, the least mobile defensemen in hockey. That is a slow man, and, and Ekblad got, got cooked, and it cost us a penalty at the end. It, it's, um, it's a cause for concern, no question about it. Which uh, Mahura uh, might have saved the goal on that one for in, on that on that penalty, uh, which uh, Mahura ended up going to the box. But uh, we're gonna transition over to uh, segment number three, where we're gonna, I guess, look ahead. <laughs> Not looking forward to looking ahead after the first uh, two games, and uh, we're gonna discuss uh, more of that and maybe maybe even talk about the goaltending as well. Uh, we're gonna discuss that next and here on this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment of this Wednesday, November 30th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Got Jacob Winans here. And Jacob, so doesn't get any easier from here. We spoke about earlier about Vancouver finding a little bit of a groove before uh, before dropping a, a few games, but it's crazy. You know what averages the most goals per game since the since January first of twenty twenty two? Goals per game, not points. Goals. Who would that be? Say again. Who's who's averaging the most goals per game? Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat. Wow. Mm-hmm. He has the most goals in in most goals per game in the NHL since that time. Doesn't get any easier. There's drama with the contract uh, as far as whether he's going to get re-signed or not. They re-signed JT Miller. A lot of bad contracts on the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Spencer Martin is uh, has looked to have gotten more starts for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Thatcher Demko hasn't looked like his normal self. That's the next opponent. And uh, a lot of trouble off the ice with, uh, with a possible uh, suit as well. 
uh, lawsuit to uh, uh, to the Vancouver Canucks as well, uh, as well, and the fact that Jim Rutherford didn't uh, hire Bruce Pedro as the coach too. So this is an opportunity for the Panthers to get 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 two points. But even then, just based on this season that it has been for the Panthers, even saying yeah, this is an opportunity for two points, but even talking about other teams that are flawed and just knowing that the Florida Panthers are just as flawed and right back to where they were pre uh, pre president's trophy, as far as records. So n- not a given, not a given uh, two points even here on Thursday night against Vancouver. Yeah. We've seen losses to Philly, Chicago, Arizona. I mean, we've, we've lost to some bad teams. Uh, we've seen uh, a four to one lead blown against St. Louis. Uh, there, there are no givens. Um, now, Vancouver is definitely a team that has some major issues. But like you said, Bo Horvat is elite. He, he's an elite talent. Uh, Elias Pettersson's on that team. That's a team that has some some offensive firepower. JT Miller, um, that, that's a team that can Quinn score. Hughes. Quinn Hughes, exactly. So that, that's a team that's mobile. They're young. They're fast. They have goal-scoring ability. Uh, maybe a little flawed defensively. Um, but it, it's not like the Panthers are are – lighting the world on fire on the offensive end right now. It's especially if Barkov doesn't play, we're going to struggle to contain Bo Horvat. I, I think he's, he's definitely one of the most underrated players in hockey. Uh, that, that dude is spectacular. Um, but the, their forward core, um, we don't match up well, especially if Barkov is not in the lineup. Um, Spencer Martin, obviously he's not, he's not a household name, but if you do remember, uh, he he stood on his head and took the Panthers all the way to a shootout last year and barely mm-hmm. lost that one. It was a, a absolutely ridiculous Barkov shootout goal, uh, one hander that beat him last year. Um, so it's that's not an easy game by any means. Vancouver is a very rowdy building to play in, and then um, beyond that, you get Seattle, who is scoring a ton of goals lately, and then you've got um, you've got Winnipeg. Paul Maurice's return to Winnipeg, and Winnipeg has been has been excellent to start this year. So. This road trip, it's it is a, a tough, tough stretch. Uh, you, you need Barkov back as soon as possible, and and buckle up and hope for the best because it is it is not an easy stretch of games here. And coming back home doesn't get any easier either. Detroit is a lot better this season. That's the first game back off the road trip, and and Tampa is just a couple of days after that. So it, mm. it's it's a tough road ahead for sure. Yeah, and Paul Maurice did speak about the status of Alexander Barkov. Didn't really give too many details, not that we're surprised, but just spoke about how he feels better about where Alexander Barkov is and trying to kind of read the tea leaves there. Is trying, he's feeling better, but... Do you, do you think that do you think I'm going to ask you do you think Alexander Barkov makes the trip to uh BC to play against the Vancouver Canucks? I do not. Um I think at the earliest we maybe see Barkov in Seattle. Um but to be completely honest with you, I'm not certain we see him at all on this trip. Uh I would not I would not be at all shocked if Barkov doesn't play again until December 8th against Detroit um back at home. But at at the earliest, I think I think probably Seattle. Um, if it gets to a situation where where he it gets to the Seattle game and he hasn't played yet, I don't see them putting Barkov on a plane just for one game in Winnipeg just to come right back home. So I think I, I don't think he plays in Vancouver. 
I think maybe Seattle. And then if not Seattle, it's Detroit um, back at home. So uh, I, I would not, I would not anticipate uh, number 16 back in the lineup against the Canucks. I, I think we're going to have to roll with what we have. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking along the same lines and with, with how crunched up also these games are with, of course, the back-to-back Monday, Tuesday, uh, of course, only a, a, a plane ride to BC, uh, which, which the Panthers, of, of course, uh, me, me having a relationship with the PR department, they do send me the practice schedule for the Panthers. So the Panthers, their, their, pra- their, their practice throughout this road trip won't come until Monday, the day before they face against Winnipeg. So every, every day throughout the rest of the trip until they, until after the Seattle game, it's these, this back-to-back off days for travel. The plays plays uh, Vancouver off day for travel to Seattle, even though that's not, it's not that far of a trip. And then the, the day off on the Sunday. So it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot for, for, for these players right now. And it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's definitely uh and when you don't have your captain to travel out there and you know, it's a, it's a mental toll to try uh, to fly cross country as well to, to put on the skates after everything that Barkov might be going through off the ice, whether, whether people, whether what, what, regardless of what the speculations are, which once again, we don't go into people's personal lives here. So it, it, it's going to, it's going to be a, a tall order, even for, even for Barkov, if he does make the trip. So even if he does return, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to be expecting Barkov to just fully, fully take over right away if he does, because, because of what he might be uh, going through. I, yeah, I agree. I I think especially any, any illness um, that's, that's capable of keeping you out for the amount of time he's been out already. uh, And and it sounds like he's not even at a hundred percent yet, because if you listen to what Paul Murray said, uh, he's he said he's feeling better than he was yesterday, but he's he's still not it's still not a he's good to go. Uh, it's a he's feeling a little better. We feel better about where he is now than we did before. It sounds like a situation where they've been keeping tabs on him for a number of days and hoping he he gets better. So any any illness that you're dealing with um, that lingers for that long, uh, it can't be good. It definitely it's definitely something that's that's taking a, a physical toll on him. Um, the the kind of travel with that, especially to a different time zone, all the way out to the west coast, um, it's that's a that's a lot to ask uh, coming right off of an illness, and then yeah, definitely don't want to dive into into any personal life things, but if there's some off the ice things going on, you know, um, always want to give life comes before hockey, of course. So if if there's if there's things that that Barkov is working through. Um, best to let him do that as well so I, it's obviously you need the captain back as soon as possible uh, he's, he's the engine of this team but if if he's not able to be back on this trip or if he's not able to be back for the next game what, whatever the amount of time is you've got to find a way to come up with two points in his absence uh, yeah, as a player you you at least owe that to your captain I mean if he can't be there with you it, this is this is Alexander Barkov we're talking about the, he, he lives and breathes hockey he, he he doesn't not want to be on the ice. He's, he's the hardest working guy on that roster. He wants to be on the ice every minute of every game, if he could. So if he's not able to, it's clear there's, there's some, something keeping him off the ice physically. He he just, he can't do it. If he, if he's not there, it's because he can't. 
and the, the team owes it to the captain to find a way to get a couple of wins for him. So um, hopefully he's back at, at, as soon as possible on this trip. But if he's not, um, you, you have to find a way to get points in Vancouver. You have to find a way to at least at least get come out of this trip with, with 500. You get out of this trip with at least five five points somehow. Scrape out five points out of this trip. You break even on it. It's not ideal, but you move forward and your season isn't sunk just off of one road trip. So that's 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 really what I'm looking for uh, in Vancouver if Barkov's not on the on the ice for that one. Yeah, and hopefully we do see the captain and best wishes uh, to him. That's for sure uh, on on him uh, f- feeling better. And the team has to the team has to they have to roll with what they got. And re- regardless of captain or no captain. And very winnable game, but n- nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing is guaranteed uh, for the Florida Panthers team as far as getting two points. But Jacob, I want to thank you so much for once again for coming on this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. This was definitely a very frustrating one uh, for the Cats as they uh, as they drop a game that it was not even close and and uh, momentum killer after momentum killer for s- silly penalties odd man rushes and untimely goaltending for, for the, for the cats. Uh, when you come back next week, we will be wrapping up the road trip. Uh, it's crazy to think that the Florida Panthers will be gone for uh, that long outside of uh, South Florida. So we'll be recapping the Winnipeg game uh, next week on Widen's Wednesday, but th- thanks man. I, 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 I want to say legitimately thank you for staying up with me. Mo- most importantly as well. Thank, thank you. But uh, tell everybody where they can follow you uh, online. Yeah, you can follow me online at Jacob Winans 8 on Twitter. Um, not a problem. Happy to stay up. And even though the result wasn't what we wanted, always happy to watch and recap some Panthers hockey. And yeah, hopefully next week we're talking about a whole different uh, whole different vibe uh, after the end of this road trip. Hopefully we're in a better position than we are right now. So um, yeah, always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Jacob. And I'll see you next week. Sounds good. And if you like what you're hearing, Please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fancy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Stu Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Sports Today. Locked On Sports Today gives you a daily 20-minute or less podcast on the entirety of the sports scene where they will bring in local experts for analysis and the take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. What's your team? Every day.